Hi, I'm Douglas Sinwiddie, and the Cellar Room Sessions are my conversations with interesting people that have had key moments of change in their life and in business. You'll hear stories of real-life examples of people's desire to succeed and what the turning points were in their journey. Join me every week with a brew or a glass of something from the bar to listen into these stories and see if there's something you can use in your own life. Hello and welcome to the Cellar Room Sessions. Uh, today I've got Andrew Pickersgill with me, uh, who's Managing Director of McGovern's, among a lot of other things. Uh, very successful business person, so we're going to pick his brains and find out a little bit about his journey. So thank you for being with us. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Um, I think we first met on a golf course, I think, which is quite a common story for me. It is, yes, yeah. I believe. I think we were playing with Mark, Mark Miller's day, I think, wasn't it? At Brandsmouth. Yeah, like I, I believe you played golf and I just walked around packing balls <laughs> through fields. There were some wides that day, yeah, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to wind you all the way back. Um, what were you like as a student in school? School? Yeah. Um, I absolutely loved school. Did school, that was quite studious. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was... Um, <clears throat> it was a bit of a release out of the house, to be honest. But I had, I mean, it depends which bit of school, but I mean, even in teenage years, I used to go to work before I went to school. Yeah. So I'd worked in a bakery, so I'd get up at four o'clock, go to work, go to school, go out at night, go straight to work and, and repeat. And school was great fun. Um wow. Played football most nights, so stayed out. Yeah. Usual, so typical, normal, typical, normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. School was school was no bother at all, except, and this is when you get me on a soapbox. Now, um, we massively failed at the youth of today, don't we? Like in terms of the employers, I mean, you, you employ, so do I. Like, kids do not know what work is like. And I grew up, um, dad's a chef, so I grew up a lot of time in a kitchen, which was brilliant fun, but never what I wanted to do for a living. Um, but how do you decide then what to do? So how do you then decide what what business looks like or work looks like? Or I applied for the RAF, got turned down. Um, probably good thing, <laughs> in truth. Um, but that was because of asthma. So I was, I was quite chronic asthma when I was really young. So, so yeah, so um, I ended up almost by accident following a different path to what I could have done, I guess. And you ended up going to uni, Huddersfield, I think. Yep. Is that right? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, did a, a business degree there? Yep. And was that kind of like a, you know, you went, I mean, I actually went to try to get the Navy and got turned down as well. So there's a pattern for me here. Um, must be very tough selection criteria. Um, so try to get in the Navy, didn't, and then went to university at Huddersfield, uh -huh. did a business degree. And did you just kind of fall into that? You're like, actually, I want to get in a business. Or like, it was just um, like, that seems like a sensible <clears throat> Yeah, choice. so it was the RAF, not the Navy. Sorry, RAF. No, no, it's sorry, all right. Now I wanted to, yeah, yeah, yeah um, it was, so it was RAF, not Navy. But, um, my eldest, one of my sisters, Follow my dad's path. She went and did a chefing course and became an accountant. And I thought, well, I'll just cut the middle bit out. There's no point There's no point trying to do the chef bit. That's not going to happen. Um, and you did work experience and crack it. Even that was a terrible disaster. I went and did purchase ledger clerk stuff, just processing invoices for two weeks. That's what school sends mm. you to do, isn't it? It doesn't teach you a thing. No. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. I did an A-level in business. Again, doesn't teach you a lot. Um, so I wasn't ready to commit. So university was a way of not committing. In truth, it was a... Uh, I purposely picked a four-year degree, so I had to work for a year. Yeah. So then I had, I knew that come the end of it, I would have done proper work for a year when you're committed and it's nine to five, Monday to Friday and doing stuff. Um, but yeah, it was just an escapism of, I'm, I'm not ready to pick a career. And if you go back, I mean, I'm in my 40s, so if you go back like 25 years, there wasn't the choices that people had now. I think we're more conscious that kids will have three or four careers now, mm -hmm. but 
when we were growing up, you picked a career and that was it. You were stuck. So my sister is an accountant and, you know, that's the path she, cho- she chose. I, was, I wasn't ready to do that. Do you think it's, I mean, you bring up the school thing. Do you think it's, do you think the the workers or the, you know, the people that school's developing now, do you think it's getting, you know, having that opportunity and having that broad choice, do you think that's a good thing that people now have this ability, you know, people are earning money like playing video games and things like that nowadays, you know, the opportunity to earn money is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Think you, you know, think it's moving in the right direction? No. I think there are too many people in education who've only ever worked in education yeah. and they're very good at teaching, but they don't know commerce. And there's not enough people in commerce that dip into education to yeah. help shed that yeah. knowledge back and forth. Yeah. And that's where I think it breaks down. And it's not criticism the teachers. I wouldn't sit in a room with 30 kids. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. Um, but, but I could go in and spend more time educating those kids about what yeah. work is like, but don't. Yeah, I think there's like a, a thing that like, it's almost like what, as, as an employer, as you, you know, you employ a lot of people as well. Like what are the kind of core skills that you need? And I was actually asked this question a couple of weeks ago and I kind of ended up resonating on the fact that it's almost like you're trying to teach kids that uh, learning doesn't stop in school uh-huh. is like number one <clears throat> thing. Like, and actually just give them a base and the kind of knowledge that they can actually get to do anything that they want to do and like give them the courage to kind of go down but, that way. But you've just said it. What skills do you recruit when you shouldn't? It, yeah. You should never... Re- Someone hasn't got the skills to do a job, I can teach them. Yeah. If they've got the wrong attitude, I can't change yeah, it. Yeah. And and that's the difference. And that's the bit that I think kids should be made more aware yeah. of. That actually a desire to do a job properly, yeah. commit to it and finish it. Even if it's yeah. wrong, yeah. you commit to doing something and get it yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. And having that work ethic to to deliver on what you've said you're gonna do and then have someone hold you accountable for doing it is is the essence of how yeah. business gets done. Yeah. And that's attitude, it's not skills. And it's having that like yeah, and having that attitude where you will take accountability yourself for driving the thing forward and think that's like such a valuable like like attitude to have towards the yeah, whole thing. Exactly. Um, so fast forward out of university. Uh-huh. You did your business degree. Yep. Was it, if I asked you what the name of one of your modules was at university, you'd be at a... Uh, Favourite one was financial accounting because I, w- I learnt FIFO, AVCO, don't tell us, hang on. <laughs> Life, is it life? Life oh five oh Avco, isn't it? And then I've used it in the last six months for the first time in twenty five really? years. So yeah, that, yeah. that was it. Financial See, I, accounting. I did sports coaching at university, which was the biggest Mickey Mouse degree you've ever uh-huh. seen. But it was just the same as you. You know, it's just I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I'll just go to university. So you came out of uni. Yep. Um, and you went straight into employment. I think you were, were you down in London. Yeah. 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 How did you find London? Hated it. Why? Uh. I think I'm too deep rooted as a northerner. You think? I don't think I. I didn't adapt to the culture down there. It's not London hasn't got a problem. Yeah, I did. I just yeah, didn't like it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it wasn't for me. No. Um, and what do you do down there? Uh, so, talk about knockbacks. I got a job as a recruitment consultant. So I moved down there to start. Uh, the Friday before the Monday I was starting, they rang me up and said, "Oh, we're really struggling. We've cancelled the graduate scheme." So I was then unemployed, having committed to a flat in London lifestyle down there, relocated, no job. Um, so I ended up doing a year in financial services, selling mortgages, and then a year in freight. So I sold space on the back of trucks. I mean, it was brilliant. Um, you know, the Champions League half and half scarfs that go out outside yeah, yeah. stadiums. I used yeah. to shift that around Europe. It was brilliant fun. Like, um, But I didn't want to live in London, so I asked that company if I could move to Yorkshire in their different officers yeah they said no so i just resigned bought a house in leeds um in a terrible area 
but it was cheap and then thought, shit, I need to get a job. Um, so I went round and found myself a job in recruitment in Leeds. Was it Hayes? Yeah. Yeah. And then you spent a while at Hayes mm. as well, I think, didn't you? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And and then, was it eight years or something like that? I think you were at Hayes. It was for... eight or nine years, yeah. They, yeah. they were good to me. I think I was good to them. I mean, I moved around Leeds, Newcastle, London, back to Leeds with them, um, did different things, had a great time. Stayed too long, L- lesson learned, like, you know, when, when things are stale, do something about it. Yeah. And, um, but you learned the trade there. You learned mm-hmm. a lot of stuff there. Yeah, yeah. To the point where I think, you, did you set up your own business after that as well? Recruitment agency I after did. that yeah, well? yeah. Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, PLC world, I was, I was self, self-aware, right? I was overpaid and underskilled. Um, I knew I didn't want to do it for a career. So, so the only choice I had, I couldn't leave for the same money, was to set up a business and think, well, I'll try and fill the gaps of knowledge I haven't got. And then I'll end up earning more money. Didn't work like that. <laughs> Um, so a couple of, couple of us left the PLC world set up and, and ran my own business for two and a half years, maybe. Um, crikey, it wasn't anything like I thought. Why? Cause I spent more time trying to learn the stuff I didn't know than doing the stuff I was good at. So I didn't do the day job because I thought I don't need to, but did. And spent too much time trying to learn, well, how do I run a business and set up this and do this and network with these people and everything else? Um, we got to the point where we were employing six or seven people. Um, cash flow was terrible. Um, things start to go wrong. Had a uh, had two had, had two kids at this point. So I had my kids while I was running that business. Stressful uh, time. Wife worked abroad, so I had two little ones on my doorstep. Wife worked abroad, trying to run a business. Cash flow not going well. Trying stress to learn level. how to run a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stress levels were horrendous. And so me and my business partner made the decision, right, it's just can it. Before it gets catastrophic, which was days away. Yeah. We pulled the plug. Um, made everything redundant, redundant about three or four days before Christmas. Yeah, that was nice. That was a conscious thing. It was either don't tell them till after Christmas, let them enjoy the Christmas, but then they'll spend a load of money they're not going to get. Or just be brutally honest with them and say, look, I'm going to have to make you redundant, but I'm telling you now, so you don't spend a lot of money you're not going to get. Mm. Um, How'd that all make you feel? Um, if you can put yourself back in them shoes, it was horrendous. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Guilt. More than anything else, it was guilt because I felt responsible for the people. Yeah. Not about myself. I mean, things go wrong and you you deal with it. Um that's a life lesson. But mm. for those people, I felt terrible. Mm. So much so that one of the team, we were in a shared service office. One of the team, I walked three doors down, knocked on another business's door and said, this girl is that good, please employ her. And they did. So she got a job within five or 10 minutes. Yeah. Should have charged my recruitment fee for that. <laughs> Shouldn't I? Might have kept it going. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, picked yourself up after that straight away? Um things were tough more personally than professionally at the same time. So uh, at the same time as winding the business up, we then decided to relocate back to Newcastle so that I had some grandparent support with two new ones. I mean, I had a 17 month old and a newborn. This sounds like a busy moment. In yeah, time. No, I know. Yeah. 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 Um, and my now ex-wife was very committed professionally. She was out working and like I say, a lot of, four or five days a week, she was normally abroad. My parents lived in France, dad was chefing. Um, so we moved up here to be close to her parents. 
bought a training business. So I got out of recruitment. So essentially, I still achieved what I wanted, which was to get out of recruitment. It just didn't quite pan out as I expected. Yeah. So bought the training business up yep. in Newcastle. Uh -huh. And that was yours or you were the business partner? Uh, it was or? a franchise. So I, I bought the franchise for the Northeast, ran that for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, enjoyed it, but it was lonely. That was, again, another thought I'd be all right working on my own, but yeah. actually I'm not great sitting in a room all day on my own. I yeah. like my own space, yeah. but not 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, And then fast forward a little bit, it's, you know, you're McGovern's now, mm -hmm. but you're also, and I'm going to get this list wrong. I'll tell you what, you do the list. So uh, I suppose my main job is commercial director for Alpaca. Yeah. Uh, Alpaca is the business that bought McGovern's. So we've we've got three or four companies that we're either invested in or we own. McGovern's is one of them. So because I was McGovern's previously, I, I MD McGovern's, mm -hmm. which is a 73-year-old brick merchant in Gateshead. And for that business, I, I absolutely love what I can do in terms of sustainability. Mm -hmm. So that's a massive passion. Yeah. I'll come back to that. Yeah. So Alpaca, McGovern's, MD, uh, non-exec for... Social Allies, yeah. do you Jess. know? Jess, yeah, yeah. Uh, great team. Non-exec for Off-G Developments, which is a property development company that builds sustainable housing that doesn't live off the grid. Right. Get that right. right. So think okay. nature first, right? Yeah, they build yeah. houses in, in greenery yeah. that don't live off, uh, off off the main grid. Right, okay. Fantastic, fantastic wow. business. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like doing things again, sustainability, yeah, yeah. planet first. Um, Goldsmith Bowers and Alt Legal are other alpaca businesses yeah. that I do non-exec work yeah. and, and sit and work with those guys. And you've got quite a, it's, it, a lot of it's on the commercial side of things as well. I mean, I'm co coming out of a recruitment training and all uh, the rest of it. There's a big element of sales to that yeah. whole thing. Has that always been a, a, a thread that runs through? Um, I mean, obviously now you're MD in McGovern, so you've got, uh -huh. the, you've got the, all the strings and you're pulling all the strings, you know, but there seems to have been like a kind of very commercial kind of side of it, you know, commercial directors and things like that along the way. Yeah, there is. It's the bit I enjoy most, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, I, I, I understand and like the finances. I get more passionate about the sales. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things. Um, I like the people management element, yeah. but I like the sales. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's... it's. What is it about sales that you like? Um, the challenge of it. Yeah. And someone says you can't do it. Yeah. And then you're going to prove them wrong. I think the thing, because I quite like the sales side of things as well. Uh -huh. And I think the thing about the sales is, is it appears to most people it's the most difficult part of it. Mm. But there's a lot of fun that you can have in the sales side of things as yeah. well. And I think the the bit for me is that it's and it's it's an entirely almost anyway proactive role. You know, like you've got to go and make stuff happen. Like yeah. if you're not going to go and move first, there'll there'll be oh. no movement. Like nothing will happen. Oh, exactly. And I think have that courage to go and do that first movement and make all the stuff oh. happen. Like then to get the return from it, that almost feels the best for me. I yeah, think. yeah. Rather than reacting to stuff Weird though, isn't it? Cause you, yeah, because you challenge yourself to do it. Like someone says, like, you can't sell to that business. You're like, yeah. well, screw you, I'm going to prove it. Yeah, and then yeah. you do, and then you go, yeah. I'll do it again somewhere. Yeah. And, and like yeah. that satisfaction doesn't last long enough. No. It's like a drug, isn't it? Yeah, like, it is a little bit, yeah. Um, so you've got a lot of stuff going on, but you mentioned sustainability mm -hmm. a lot. So you've got off-grid. Yeah. Obviously, McGovern's mm -hmm. have got, like, there's a lot of stuff around sustainable brick yeah. and things. Like, it seems to be, I mean, it has been for a long time now, but also with like energy prices going up and all the rest of it, you know, yeah. off-grid are probably going to be getting the door knocked in on not uh -huh. too long, you know, with prices going the way they're going. Yeah. How's all, how is that entire world these days? It's really hard because um, as a nation, we still, again, I'm going to come right back to where we started and talk mm -hmm. about education again. Yeah. So, so people are taught how to build houses. 
not how to build sustainable houses. Mm. And that is, requires a different product. It's a different material and so forth. So you're going to get people that want to build and go, I want to build these products, but there's no builders for it. So uh, this is my commitment online. What I'm, what I'm going to do is build an academy. And I'm going to build an academy so that people can be taught how to build sustainable houses. Now, whether I do that myself or with other people or I help someone else build it, I, I have no idea. But that's what I'm going to do so that in the Northeast, we can build more sustainable houses with sustainable products. So the technology's there. Like, yeah, the products are there. It's the all product, I'll give you a real world example without committing any sins. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a building, there's a housing development getting built, 300 houses, and it's called an eco project. Um, I have suggested to the architect that they use the eco products. The architect said, yes, love it. The contractor says, yes, love it. It gets to the brickies and they go, don't want to use that. Now, that product is 50% more carbon efficient and it's 35% cheaper than a traditional product, but they'll end up building with a traditional product that's a damn sight more expensive mm. and you know a lot more carbon, yeah. uh, less efficient. What's the word? Yeah, inefficient. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because there's no skills. And yeah. the, the difference is, if you learn to drive in a car in an automatic and I throw you in a manual, right, that first journey is going to be shocking. Mm. But you'll get there. Mm. And then the second time, it gets a bit easier. And the third time, it'll just be natural. But no, no one wants to start the first journey so they don't bother. They're just sat in the automatic car. Which almost takes you all the way back to that kind of leaving school with that, with the right attitudes and mm -hmm. rather than the right skills. Because actually, it doesn't matter if you don't know how to lay a brick with a 50% less, more carbon yeah. efficient brick. If you've got the right attitude, you'll just you'll learn. figure out how to do it yeah. and you'll go and learn how to do it, yeah. yeah. Um, so McGovern's, um, you're seven, do you say 73 years old? Yeah. And you used to work there before? Yeah, yeah. So, so I worked there when the family owned it right and what was your role there md right okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so the family uh convoluted family's uh husband had bought it so he wasn't quite family so we could play that we're no longer family owned or we're still family owned card i guess but, yeah. but essentially it was still a family business yeah and i was the md there right. but their their ethos behind running a business was very different to what it is with alpaca and the way we run it so it, it was a very different md job it was, in, it was chalk in, and cheese. in what way were those two attitudes different um, to business they have lots of businesses that are a lot bigger than McGovern's. Mm -hmm. So McGovern's was a side project. Yeah. And so it was run like that. They didn't want to invest in it. They didn't want to throw cash at it. They didn't want to build up the stock in the yard so that they could grow the business. If the business maintained profitability, mm -hmm. whatever that number was, they were happy. Yeah. Alpaca's ambition is completely different for it. So what is Alpaca's ambition with it? Um, treble it. Buy others, really? do more acquisitions, yeah, create yeah, a conglomerate yeah. for more brick purchases, yeah. teach people how to build sustainable houses, yeah. create a hub for sustainable building materials so it isn't just brick. Yeah. Um, I found a site I want to move to, which is twice the size, which will allow me to put more than 2 million bricks on the yard yeah. to service that market. And it's, so that's that's a completely different role than what I did previously, yeah. although people are looking at it and go, well, are you doing the same thing? MD. It's it, not. It's not at all. Thing. Yeah, yeah. We were speaking a while ago and like getting bricks was difficult. Mm -hmm. Is that improved now? Now we're out of COVID and things starting to move a little bit more and no. <laughs> um, it, it's never going to be good yeah. because there just aren't enough uh, manufacturing furnaces in mm -hmm. the country that make bricks. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's never going to meet demand yeah. to meet the government's requirements of uh, 300,000 new houses a year. Yeah. We build about 200,000 new houses a year, so so we're short. Is that not think, Alpaca's next business venture then, go and build a furnace? 
I'd love to. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to, honestly. Yeah. But it's, it's a 50 million quid investment it's, it's to, quite to, a build, to build a decent factory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With that tomorrow. Um, wind it back a little bit. So, you, you know, you went to that, you know, you had the recruitment agency and mm -hmm. although ultimately kind of ended, ended poorly, probably learned a shed load of mm -hmm. lessons along the way there. And then, you know, really since then, you know, you big move to Newcastle and, 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 you know, ended up at Alpaca and bam, bam, bam. And now, you know, MB of a good company actually won an award recently. Yes. Well. Thank Sorry, you. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Um, thanks for the spot at the table, by yeah, the way, the wine, was, the wine was lovely. Um, and so like, you, you know, you've got all the way to award winning Northeast business, you know, um, any of those lessons that you learned through that recruitment or even afterwards that have kind of like served you in good stead along the way? Uh, there's, there's a couple really. Some are self-reflective and some are about the team. Mm -hmm. So uh, personally, learn I need someone to hold me accountable to stuff. And also I am not great doing one thing all the time. Mm. Hence the variety, hence mm. the different jobs. Mm. If I'm sat in one business five days a week, my motivation yeah. dissipates. Yeah. If it's more varied, I perform better. So, so hence why I do what I do is to be better at doing what I do. Yeah. But I need someone to hold me accountable for that. Yeah. So, so I pay a coach to hold me accountable. Yeah. For my career path, yeah. so that I'm doing stuff. Yeah. Um, in the recruitment world, I didn't. You know, you're very good at recruitment. You set up your own business. Think, ah, I can do this, and then it goes wrong. Yeah. Um. So have a coach, big yeah, thing. Yeah, like have yeah, someone yeah. that you go and speak to on a fortnightly basis, weekly basis, daily basis. Uh, they're there whenever you need. Yeah. But we meet once a month. Yeah. 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 And so that's really been something that like are they further down the line than you? Are they business owner? Have they got the same experience? Are they just something completely left field that are compl like where did you go to when you're trying to pick they one? They are they are completely different to me purposely. Right. Yeah. Completely different to yeah. me purposely. Um but very good at different businesses yeah. so they come with experience but not from my sector because yeah. if you have that same thing in a business it's very difficult to think differently mm -hmm. and one thing i've learned working with alpaca is that the more variety you bring and the more challenging of perceptions you bring mm -hmm. the greater growth steps you'll see in a business mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so no they're completely different sector background but um they don't take any bs off you so so if you say you're gonna do something you don't do it you know, there's going to be gonna, ramifications yeah, yeah, yeah. for it afterwards. So big one, getting a coach, getting mm. a mentor or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you realize that personally for you, you needed to have like variety mm -hmm. to keep you in, interested and things like that. I think I'm sort of similar to that. You know, like you said something before where it was, you know, you, you're kind of interested by the financial side of things, but you just, you know, that sales side of things keep pulling you back. I'm sort of the same. Yeah. Like I'm not a website developer, so I don't get pulled into website development, but I can kind of do maths and numbers and figures and stuff. So I will get pulled into the financial side of things, you know. Um, but actually interesting for me, I actually have a mentor as well. I've actually got a couple that I speak to because I'm the only shareholder at White Digital. Ultimately, mm. like I'm going to make a decision. If I've got no one else there, I go, that's a really stupid idea. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh -huh. Like, next to me sort of thing, then I'll just go and make a silly decision. I won't know anything about it. And even if you're you're not the only shareholder, if you're, it's, you know, it's your bat and ball or you're the MD and you're making decisions, mm -hmm. you've got no one to bounce those ideas off. You can end yeah. up going down a rabbit warren with the whole thing. Um, any books? You read much? I used to read all the time. Anything? I used to be obsessed by reading. It's, it's got less with the kids, more more so because I time. end up, well, I end up, um, my background, my parents got divorced when I was, Eight or nine, can't yeah, remember. Yeah. Haven't seen that dad for years. Right. I've got a stepdad who's amazing. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm very conscious with my kids that as a divorced dad, I don't want them to think that work comes first. Yeah. So when I've got the kids, we, we have Your dad. time. Yeah. And when I go to bed, I end up working. So I, I read a hell of a lot less than I used to. Yeah. Um, but I used to be obsessed by it. I used to love horror books. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Things that would like freak you out and then you couldn't sleep afterwards. Yeah. That, that's like stupid. But I, I don't can't, read it I can't do that. What's that film? Is it um, A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe in it? Uh -huh. Whatever, where he's a mathematician. I can't watch that because I start like questioning everything <laughs> about life afterwards. But yeah. Um, so never read business books and things like that. You just kind of learned doing, did you? Um, and, yeah. and having a coach for, for most of, yeah. I mean, a cracky. I first had a coach when I was hmm, 12 years ago, 13 years yeah. ago. Maybe and, a bit longer than that. So, and it's the same coach. You've changed it. No, it's changed. Yeah, changed. yeah they've changed and morphed over time. Yeah, um, because some weren't anywhere near as good as you expect. Yeah, or you weren't seeing the benefits of it, or yeah. they weren't there when you needed them. So, yeah. amazing. So, what's next for Alpaki? You've got this big dream. Sounds like you might have a brick furnace quite soon now as well. But um, what's next for Andrew Pickersgill? Um, uh, McGovern's Island need to move site. That's my biggest on the horizon, short term. Yeah. Um, that'll transform the business. Yeah. Because of the 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 mindset change it'll allow people. We we are not where you'd expect yeah. a builder's merchant in the middle of a housing estate because it's been there for seventy three years. Yeah. Um I've got an average length of service team wise, it's about twenty eight years. Wow. So changing wow. changing their Culture working and habits and the way they think and, and getting them to drive to a different office is gonna be hard work. Like yeah. they're gonna go sat and have autopilot to the old place, aren't they, for, for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to move that. I've got a brilliant team that I want to look after mm -hmm. and, and invest in that and, and probably replace myself in that business a bit. Yeah. So I spend less time in it and can do other stuff again. Yeah. Um, but whilst continuing to try and grow yeah. in the governor's business, because yeah. it's, it's the, it's the baby I've got the most interest in at the minute because yeah. it's that sustainable thing. Yeah. Um, Alpaca. It's more investments. It's, it's more finding another McGovern's type business yeah. that, that needs that growth and support. Yeah. And, there's a few businesses we're working with that are really interesting at the minute that yeah. have got that potential for growth. But but everything we do is um, people, planet, profit in that order. Right, okay. So if, so if the business has got the right mentality and it's doing the right things for the, the planet and the people that are in it, yeah. the profit is less important. Mm -hmm. It's not typical, you know, strip out all those people, yeah, ramp yeah. up profitability, Make flog it, it and sell it. It's not, yeah. not the way we operate. Yeah. And, you know, there's much more, there's many people better at that than us. I think there's almost, with that now, it's you're moving into a commercial culture almost where it almost has to be in that order as well. You're not like got B Corp coming in, becoming uh -huh. a really big thing in the UK as well. We actually just going through ISO accreditation at the moment. I oh, yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, which is like, uh, <laughs> we'll leave that one, but it's a hell of a process to get <laughs> through. Whereas, and, I, and I'm now looking over at B Corp thinking, mm -hmm. oh, I just wish I'd gone down that road instead of this road almost you know yeah. because it's such a big thing um so we are in a cellar room yeah. um you know uh so and obviously white digital's office has a bar in it so if you were to come along for a meeting what's your favorite tip or what should we be serving you depends on the time of day go on um standard i'm, I'm a simple man so it'll be a standard pint of lager most yeah. times um stella first choice yeah when it's cold and yeah. refreshing yeah um if not a jack daniels jackie d yeah nice well, we'll de I'll definitely join you on your whiskey. Sword. Um, so thank you for coming here today. Uh, it's been really great having you and listening to you. Yeah, and you. all the best for the future with Alpaca and everything else you're doing. Cheers. So thanks for watching. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you see, like and share. Um, and if you've got any comments or feedbacks, always happy to hear. Um, so thanks for watching and we'll see you on the next one.